0: If you and your partner struggle to come up with a shared vision of your rich life, if you have different priorities about spending and saving, if you just can't get on the same page financially, I would love to coach you live on stage in your city. It is free of charge. You can apply at iwt.com slash live coaching. I'll see you in Boston and Philly. Um, what the hell is going on on this podcast that like 80% of the people who come on here go through massive screening, fill out applications. They never actually read my book. Is anyone else puzzled by this? Look, a lot of the questions that you ask me about money are answered directly in I Will Teach You To Be Rich. How do you pay off your student loans? How do you automate your finances? Where do you start investing? And how do you handle big purchases? I wrote this book as a six-week program so you can follow along on your own or with a partner. If you want to improve your finances, I recommend you get the I Will Teach You To Be Rich book. It has over 18,000 reviews on Amazon. Get it at IWT.com slash book. You got a windfall. I want to talk about that. You said it's seven figures. Can you tell me how much it was for?
1: Yes. So specifically, it was $1.275 million.
2: So how should we even begin? This is tough to admit, but let's be honest. Um, I hide purchases from it, and it's for the sole purpose that I don't really have to discuss the purchase.
1: I will try to bring something up and he, he will aggressively tell me no. Oh. And he will shut me down and turn away and I will be like, okay. I don't know if I agree with that. That it is totally true.
2: <laughs> I usually make jokes. I usually tell you, hey, whatever you want goes. I get out of that conversation as fast as I can. She feels a sense of loneliness, aloneness. I have absolved myself of any responsibility of
1: making a mistake. It's somewhat disheartening and sort of kills the dream of, it leaves me like, well, what should I do? Like, I think this is going to be great for us. And he doesn't want to talk about it.
0: How do you deal with money if you are the person in your relationship who handles it and your partner doesn't want to talk about it at all? Well, that's the situation today with Jeff and Lisa who are in their 40s, married, and they have a blended family with three teenage children. Lisa feels overwhelmed because Jeff does not want to be involved with money whatsoever. In fact, he's developed all kinds of strategies to avoid talking about money. He even hides some of his purchases so he doesn't have to talk about them with Lisa. But as I ask them questions about this, I discover how many layers there really are in their relationship. I ask Lisa, how do you feel hearing that your husband hides purchases? And you know what she says? I feel bad for him. She takes on the burden of managing the money. Sometimes she worries that they don't have enough to go out and eat. And yet they are paying a huge amount unknowingly to a financial advisor. So there are relationship challenges, there are psychological challenges, there's flat out lies. And of course, technical challenges with understanding how money really works. I want you to listen to this episode, especially noticing the way that they talk about money. There's lots of circular logic, lots of words that don't really mean anything. And I point this out to them and they're quite startled. So listen to the episode and definitely listen to the follow-ups that they send me. You can get them from iwt.com slash follow-ups, but I hope you listen to the entire episode first. I'm Ramit Sethi, and this is I Will Teach You To Be
1: Rich. I was doing well. He was doing well. Um, we were high earners. We didn't have too many financial problems. And in January of this year, roughly six months ago, I was awarded a seven-figure settlement. And it, it's, it's obviously life-changing anyone to come into seven
0: figures. Can you tell me how much it was for?
1: Yes. So specifically, it was 1.275 million dollars.
0: Okay,
2: great. Let's call it 1.3. Is that post tax? Yeah. Yes. Our collective income before this happened, before this happened was about 150 a year. Before this came in, what
0: was your net worth? <sighs>
1: It was around 300K. Okay. And that's yours or
2: the two of you?
1: Anything that we have now is what we've built together.
2: I've always counted her money as her money and my money as her money. I think that's a cute phrase, but I actually don't think that's doing you any favors. It's not doing me any favors, but it's also true. So I well, no
1: it's, and it's the same with the settlement and I find it it's like really grates on me that he's like that's not that's your money that's your money that's your money. And I'm like no it isn't it's it's ours.
0: This dad joke is quite revealing of Jeff's overall mindset on money and it really bothers Lisa. It's our first clue at the larger problems with communication. Unfortunately, Lisa and Jeff can't disclose the details of the settlement due to an NDA, but it doesn't really matter. They have a $1.275 million settlement. We're here to figure out how they're spending it, how they're investing it, how they're managing it, how they're even thinking about it. If you were in their position in your 40s and you received a $1 million settlement, what would you change? So you have this windfall. Lisa, you are currently handling the money. Yes. Is this the part where I get to ask you a bunch of questions? Well, we can talk about your numbers. I know you came prepared. <laughs> go ahead.
1: I will start with... Because uh, we exchanged a, a couple pieces of information about the financial planner. And yeah, you
0: have a financial
3: advisor. Oh, God. Here we go. You're going to hear about this financial advisor throughout this episode.
0: I want to emphasize the importance of why this advisor is such a central figure in today's conversation. First off, a lot of people believe that sometimes they need help. I don't mind it. You want to hire somebody to uh, come clean your apartment every month? Fine, no problem. You want to hire a personal trainer? You want, there's lots of things you can do. I have no problem with that at all. But you will often see people with money delegating this thing Treating a financial advisor like somebody who mows your lawn. Oh, I don't want to mow my lawn. I'll just pay the experts. No big deal. To me, this represents a central irresponsibility in life. You cannot simply delegate one of the most important things in life without understanding the basics. And the basics of personal finance are not that complicated, but they are tricky and they are full of pitfalls. And guess who takes advantage of most people's ignorance? The financial industry. So I understand why they have a financial advisor. I actually don't even mind if people have a certain type of financial advisor, but you're going to hear how this person represents a much larger problem in their relationship. Let's talk about it. So if you want a financial planner or financial advisor, You could certainly hire one. I'm not opposed to them, but you should never, ever pay a percentage-based fee. Mm -hmm. They call it AUM, assets under management. You're paying Mm
3: 0.9%.
0: And I'm about to show you why you should never pay that. Okay. You're going to make me cry, aren't you? I hope so. Yeah. So how should we even begin? How did you find this financial advisor?
1: This is a man that helps my mom with her financial plan.
0: What a surprise. And how did she find him?
1: From what I understand, he was offered at work. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Don't do that. Oh, my God. (laughs) I've talked to him several times over the years. He helped me allocate my 401k several years ago. It performed really well. But now...
0: It performed really well between what years? Good years.
1: No. So, yeah. That's what I was just going to say. Now that the market is like, tanking at the moment it's like okay well yeah that was probably pretty easy and he's made these choices now and am i in a bad spot and
0: well you're not in a bad spot you're rich well
1: okay okay. i that's tough but yeah
0: no you're rich okay do you know you're rich
1: like maybe oh god not this again every (laughs) goddamn
0: time i have a rich couple on this podcast i know know. i'm so sorry I not. I don't know if I'm rich. I guess I I'm comfortable.
1: oh ah, not this again. <laughs> Rami, it comes from. I, I wasn't. It's very new. <laughs> it comes from a place
2: of. I mean, I dude. I have a tough time with it. It comes from a place of. I I've seen it disappear over the years, you know, and it just it's it's fear based. I hate to say it, but it's you know that's the whole thing here. It's like I I. That's why I'm cringing about the percentage talk of this financial advisor. It's like. I know that it's just some guy just putting shit in markets that some other person is buying and everybody's got their finger in the pie and everyone's taking a taste and it's dwindling the savings. And then when when I lose, they win. And when I win, they win. And it drives me crazy. But I also don't know what to do instead. I'm going to go over the numbers about
0: their financial advisor a little later in this episode. But I can already tell you that they need to get rid of this guy. And I want to understand how they got here in the first place. Before they came on the show, I asked them to fill out a conscious spending plan. That breaks your spending down into four categories. Fixed costs, saving, investing, and guilt-free spending. You can get your own copy of the conscious spending plan at iwt.com slash episode 52. What this allows me to do is to take a quick back-of-the-napkin look at their spending and to them, it's just numbers. But to me, it reveals a whole lot more. Now I know what their numbers are. Now I want to ask them about how they talk about money. Listen in. When you talk about money right now, which is never, what's the tenor of those conversations?
1: I will try to bring something up and he, he will aggressively tell me no. Wow. And. He will shut me down and turn away and I will be like, okay. I don't know if I agree with that. That it is totally true.
2: I usually make <laughs> jokes. I usually tell you, hey, whatever you want goes. This is a common thing with couples. So here's how it works. I'm just going to break it down.
0: One person, usually the person who likes to be in control and is like checking all the apps every day, they see something and they stew over it for hours, days, sometimes weeks. And then something sets them off. And it's like this controlled fury. Like It could be, I love you and I care about you. But if you answer this question wrong, I am going to murder you. I'm going to cut your neck and you're going to bleed out here on the bathroom floor.
3: It's, it's right between those two. You can't really tell. They go, so what's this purchase like that? It's like a tiger just Making one little sound. Jeff, any of this sound familiar?
2: So, yeah, it's funny you said that because she does that. And I immediately assume the knife is coming and the knife never comes because she doesn't do the knife. That's correct.
0: That's correct. (laughs) She doesn't do the knife. And so you overreact, don't you? Yes. You come out guns blazing and you use all your unconscious and conscious techniques, diversion, haha jokes, and also just over the top aggressiveness. And then you get what you want, don't you? Mm -hmm. Which is what? I get out of that conversation as fast as I can. That's correct. You escape. So you still remain the Mm pursuee. Lisa, you're the pursuer, but you walk away steaming, frustrated. And that's it. You take it on yourself. Not very
3: productive. Pretty interesting. I like that Jeff is being honest. Maybe a little too honest. Jeff
0: is admitting to everything which is in itself a technique.
2: How would you describe the way that you treat money, Jeff? There's always going to be more, but there's never going to be an abundance, if that makes sense. I no, Can you explain that? I'm always going to be able to make more money. It's like if I go and I buy a car, right? Um, first time when I was a kid, the first new car I bought, I technically couldn't afford said new car, But within three months, I was paying for that car, no problem. Um, I was making more money than I'd made before. It's like when I adjust my spending habits up, the money comes. I'm in that kind of space in career where I'm always making more money. It's always been sales or some kind of business development. I always figure it out. If you came to me and said, I got to figure out how to pay an extra $1,000 a month for something, I'll find the $1,000. Okay. I'll make the $1,000. Lisa will tell you, I'm... Working on this business, I've been very much attuned to the P&Ls, paying attention to the financials. How about on your personal finances? Zero. I'm not doing it. I rely on Lisa. Mm-hmm. And does that work for you? It works well for me. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's, a, that's an honest answer. It <laughs> yes. does. Yes. And since it seems to work well for you, I bet you there's no real reason to change. There is no real
2: reason to change other than... I, don't, I realize it's not fair and it's not honest and it's not, it's not a good thing. What he just
0: said is the key phrase. He said, there is no reason to change. Jeff is just here because Lisa wants him to be, but he has no real desire to change because he has no real incentive to change. You have to listen in for the key phrases that reveal everything. People will tell you 10 minutes of stuff and oftentimes in that 10 minutes there's one sentence that is the only thing that matters. And Jeff just said it for us. Now, what about Lisa? What does she get out of all of this? If you ever follow me on Instagram, sometimes you'll see me post about my behind-the-scenes travel experiences, coffee tours, salsa-making classes in Mexico, all kinds of culinary stuff in India. And I'll get a lot of people saying, where do I... Find that Kyoto notepad maker that you found. And one place you can find that is Viator. In fact, my wife and I used Viator to book a Segway tour where we took a tour of a new city and we had an amazing experience, something we never would have thought of doing on our own. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. And with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everybody. I have a friend of mine who's always cold. She told me she and her partner have totally different temperatures when they sleep. She goes to bed in a flannel pajama. She's got extra blankets. Her partner's running hot. So now she recently started testing the pod cover from 8sleep, one of our sponsors. Before she goes to sleep, she gets on the app, cranks up the heat, and when she gets into bed at night, it's already warm and waiting for her. The pod cover by 8sleep fits on your bed like a fitted sheet Improve the way you sleep by using my link at 8sleep.com slash Ramit for $200 off plus free shipping on their high-tech Pod 3 cover. That's 8sleep.com slash Ramit, E-I-G-H-T, sleep.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T, for a better, smarter sleep. Lisa,
3: how would you describe the way you treat money? I. I want
1: to control it. I think, Actually, I think that's pretty good. I want to control the money. So I want to be in control of it.
0: Let me ask a few questions about control. How Mm -hmm. often do you log into your apps?
1: So currently, I do that probably daily or close to daily.
0: When you look at your numbers, as that you click, you know, you type in your password and you click submit and you're waiting for it to load. What's the feeling you have as you're waiting to see the numbers every day?
1: Again, there's actually some negative feelings, some dread. And this has to do with the market, the current market conditions.
3: Okay.
0: So would you say that you react uh, emotionally based on what's going on in the market? Yes. Do you think that's good or bad?
1: I know it's bad. It's a a little bit of self-torture because I'm likely to probably blow up one day and sort of have an over seemingly overreaction and and that could cause a big fight i i suppose i mean can,
0: can i give you kind of a candid yeah. piece of feedback yeah i would actually love to see an overreaction from you yeah because many many people it, would yeah um, if anything i feel like you have underreacted yeah what would your overreaction be
3: Oh my gosh. I I might
1: yell or I, I I don't I I probably would honestly I typically treat my anger with silence. And so I, I won't look at him. I won't make eye contact. I Wow,
0: what an overreaction. I'm so scared of <laughs> of here, let me put myself in the mind of Jeff for a second. Uh let me see if this is working out just the way I want. I don't want to talk about money. I just want to drop a bag of money and have you handle it and If she gets really mad at me, then you know what she's gonna do. She's not gonna make me talk about money at all. Whoa, so scary. Yeah,
2: Rumi, you're the you're the overreaction. The reason we're here is because you're meant to. It's what's happening. You're putting me in my place. It's she needed help. It's kind of all coming together really fast right now. Like you're having the conversation that she's not having. Jeff, you said something really interesting. I'm putting you in your place. What does that mean? You're calling me on my BS. I'm unfortunately a little too honest with myself and other people, even though I hide behind this kind of crap sometimes. But the reality is one of the things about Lisa here is she will endure worse than I can dish out. She has endured worse than I can dish out. Um. I don't take advantage of it, but at the same time, I don't hide. I mean, it's a fact of our life that she will, I can, I can make some jokes and I can have some fun with the fact that she's running our finances. And even if it's a big problem for her, for the most part, I know she's not coming at me about it. Yeah. So Um, there's, I'm taking advantage of that to a certain extent.
0: You said I'm not taking, I don't take advantage of her. And then five seconds later, you say, I'm kind of taking advantage of that. Let me play that back for you again.
2: Listen and see what you notice. She has endured worse than I can dish out. Um, I don't take advantage of it, but at the same time, I don't hide. From, I mean, it's a fact of our life that she will... I can... I can make some jokes and I can have some fun with the fact that she's running our finances, and even if it's a big problem for her, for the most part, I know she's not coming at me about it. Yeah, so um, there's I'm taking advantage of that to a certain extent. I'm not purposely trying to take advantage of her, but it is certainly convenient that I don't have to worry about her coming at me about it.:
3: I find you two very puzzling. Yeah, and I find you both very interesting. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Why? I looked at your application. I
0: studied it very carefully. I spoke to my colleague about it. And one thing that I noticed was that you both self-edit a lot. You talk in circles. If you can cut through the way that you both talk around the problem. But in order to get there, we need to be honest. Okay. Okay. So either you're taking advantage of her or you're not. It's one or the, it cannot be both at the same time. What a stark contradiction on Jeff's part. First, he said he's too honest, that he doesn't take advantage of Lisa. And then just seconds later, he calmly explained how he goes about taking advantage of Lisa. And they do this throughout today's conversation. They contradict themselves. They talk in circles. They edit themselves. Keep an ear out for this. This is a very common deflection technique for people who have developed conscious and unconscious strategies to get what they want. They talk, they spin, they pull out their bag of tricks of jokes and aggression and silence and end up changing nothing. No wonder they're having a hard time talking about money. Lisa, how would you describe the way that Jeff interacts with your personal finances?
3: He is
1: Mostly hands off. Um, day to day, he hands his paycheck over to me, and it seems legitimately fine with that. Unless there is something that he wants to purchase, and then so some, he will make comments that I control the money and he doesn't want to ask permission for like well, large purchases. For a specific example, we charged a couple of pairs of running shoes to some credit cards.
2: I got like a PayPal line of credit that's in my name only. Hold on, can we just start again? Yeah. Can you just tell me what happened with the shoes? This is tough to admit, but let's be honest. Um, I hide purchases from her, and that's how she found out about these credit cards. And it's for the sole purpose that I don't really have to discuss the purchase with her. I don't have to. In my mind, I don't have to get permission. And also in my mind, I'm pushing the problem to later. And ultimately in my head, I kind of think I'm going to pay it off before she even really knows about it. But that doesn't really ever happen. So ultimately, I just have to have a little bit of a comeuppance and go, yeah, I did this. Sorry, I should have told you. Uh, but there's a mild, I do feel a little bit of guilt about it because there's a mild sense of, of hiding, uh, of lying, even though I'm not lying necessarily. I'll tell her what I did later. But uh, it'd be better to be honest and truthful about it. When you say you'll tell her later, is that because she finds out about the purchase and then asks you? Yeah. I mean, the shoes show up. I mean, the, the shoes show up and I put them on and she goes, where'd those come from? And I tell her, uh, you know, hey, yeah, I bought some shoes.
1: I don't recognize that I didn't charge. And I'll say, what was that for? And that will frustrate him kind of being asked about the purchase.
0: And so, as a result, how do you approach money in your relationship now?
1: So, I don't want to start any conflict. And as he, Jeff very well knows, I'm adverse to conflict. So, I will avoid it. Um, if it's potentially something I have a problem with, it would have to be a, a pretty big problem for me to bring it up. I would just let it go and sort of deal with it financially on, on my own, in my own mind, in, my, in our financial plan make plans to pay it off. And he has a, um, there's a little, I somewhat like this attitude about money. It's just like, his, he'll have an attitude. It's just money. I'll make more. And again, it's not in a reckless sense. Um, he's, he's very, he's actually pretty frugal. Um, so this beginning paints him in a less frugal light. Um, he's super frugal.
0: Notice what's happening here. He just admitted hiding purchases from his wife and then seconds later here's Lisa saying I don't want to start a conflict I just let it go and even he's super frugal she's not even reacting to what he just said she's back in her own story a story that's focused on putting Jeff at ease making Jeff feel comfortable not rocking the boat I think if I call Lisa tomorrow and I ask her What she remembers saying after Jeff admitted to hiding purchases, she would not remember. I'm not sure she would even remember this 10 minutes from now. Lisa is in total automatic response mode. As you can see, there are a lot of layers here. and other beneficial compounds now the greatest part is that peak tea is zero prep there's no tea bag that you have to steep for the perfect amount of time peak dissolves in cold or hot water in seconds it's already pre-measured it's perfectly brewed and it's perfect to take if you travel my team's been trying peak tea and they especially love the Pu'er green teas For a limited time, get up to 15% off and a free quiver with 12 tea samples with my link, peaklife.com slash Ramit. That's P-I-Q-U-E-L-I-F-E dot com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. I I get tons of email every single day, and I want to give you a behind-the-scenes look at how I manage emails from my team, from my family, and from you. Unlike you barbarians who literally click and peck through every single email, U to market unread, S to star it, J or K to cycle through messages. I use keystrokes to schedule messages, like when I want to ask one of my coworkers a question, but I don't want to send them an email on a Saturday. Now, I can work through dozens of emails in minutes using this. And Superhuman just introduced an AI feature, which allows you to take a huge email with all these people chiming in automatically summarize what's going on in a few bullet points. It'll even draft emails for you. So, if you want to buy back your time, Superhuman is a no-brainer to me. It's something I spend my own money on and I love it. Right now, all IWT listeners will get a free month of Superhuman. You can get started at superhuman.com slash That's superhuman.com slash Ramit, R-A-M-I-T. How much were those shoes?
2: These were $149, I think. I believe that's what they were. Yeah. What do you think is going through my head right now? It's not that big of a purchase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else? Um, I would bet you probably think it's a bit ridiculous to try and hide that kind of thing from your wife.
0: Well, I, I try not to make judgments. You know, hearing that your husband, is uh, first of all, signing up for a PayPal line of credit. What is that? <laughs> for $149, it makes no fucking sense. That's, re- that's absolutely absurd. Oh okay. A PayPal line of credit to buy. What brand of shoes are those?
2: They're ultras.
0: They're really nice. I don't they're, even know what that is, but I really don't give a shit. He's showing me red <laughs> shoes. Oh my God. They're like red. Uh, they're, they're some orange. kind of athletic shoes. Yeah. They're orange shoes. They're, yeah, they're, 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 they're running, orange. running shoes. They're I was running I was trying to do you a favor. They're incredible. No, they're awful. Also, who the hell opens up a line of credit to buy shoes? This is actually a great example of how people's psychology can lead them to make extremely peculiar money decisions. There is no reason on planet Earth to open up a line of credit for shoes. But Jeff is avoidant and he does not understand money. So he will use any technique he can to avoid learning about money and having honest conversations with Lisa I suspect there's a lot more beneath Jeff's behavior Also notice that we're hearing a lot from Jeff but I'm wondering how does this example make Lisa
1: feel Honestly I was I was really mad when I found out about these Oh you were
0: mad Yeah <laughs> How did that manifest itself when you were yeah. mad
1: Yeah uh, Jeff didn't feel it at all I just stewed and burned inside. It's irritating. Um, and it, so it sort of points back to the fact that he won't discuss our finances with, it, with me. If he's uncomfortable or dissatisfied with something or unhappy about something, he's very assertive and very vocal about it. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. You realize and it's a technique, right? Yeah. He may not even realize it, But that is a technique. Yeah. People do things for a reason. You know, we've all seen these videos on Instagram. I saw one today. This dog got injured and his little paw, he was limping. And so everyone was giving him more treats. Okay. Now the dog's healed. And anytime he wants a treat, he starts limping. In many ways, we do the same thing as humans. We find
2: what works and then we double down on it. I'm learning that she feels a sense of um i don't think abandonment's the right word but a sense of um loneliness aloneness um her against the world um you know she made a comment a couple of weeks ago that if she screws up with any of this she's afraid i'm going to give her all of the blame and i can't say that she's wrong i mean i i would love to say she's absolutely wrong but I have absolved myself of any responsibility of making a mistake. It's a big deal, to Lisa. So even though we're picking on this one specific item, that's not the real heart of the problem that she has. She feels very alone in the operations of our finances.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I th- again, yeah, correct. That's just a small scenario, but it, it's so it's so much bigger because it's somewhat disheartening and sort of kills the dream of, it leaves me like, well, what should I do? Like, I I think this is going to be great for us. And he doesn't want to talk about it.
0: We've established that Jeff is uninterested in money. He's unbothered by money. And he does not want to talk about it at all. We've also noticed that he usually gets his way. Where do you think he might have picked up these attitudes and behaviors from? Jeff, what
2: happened in your childhood with money? Talk to me about your parents. Oh, there was never enough. There was never enough money. My parents split up and there, when I was very young and their fights were always about child support, always about not having enough money.
3: Who,
0: who said what?
2: Oh, my mother never got money from my father. The money was late. The money wasn't that much in the first place, but he never wanted to pay it. He'd show up in a new car and child support hadn't been paid in six months. Um, You know, it was those kinds of conversations around money. Why do you think that he didn't
0: pay the child support and then showed up in a new car?
2: I can't honestly say what was the thought process behind you know, screw the ex-wife and screw the kids. I'm going to go get a get a car. <laughs> like, I don't know. I never went to restaurants with my mom and my stepfather because we never had any real money. But we go over to his house and now we're going to restaurants. I love restaurants. Lisa will tell you to this day, I love me a good restaurant. What do you love about them? Service. <laughs> I love good service. So when you went to your
0: dad's house, what did it feel like?
2: It felt like going to another world.
3: It felt like going to a world where you had, uh, you had money. And money meant what? Um, you got what you wanted. Hmm. You
2: got what you wanted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when you went back to your mom's house? There was a sense of loss. Go back and there's, I mean, there's, and, you know, and, and looking back, huge amounts of respect, huge amounts of respect for how she had to work and scrimp and fight for all of that stuff um but yeah i'd go back i'm 12 10 9 11 12 and those that age range and i'm going back going this sucks (laughs) you don't have any candor when you're you're, when you're young i'm like this sucks Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. how did your mom talk about money it was it was disappearing fast it was never there disappearing fast you remember any phrases um We don't have enough. We can't afford it. We don't have it. No. Yeah, that was
3: the primaries. Yeah. And so when you would go back to your dad's and he would have the car
0: and the restaurants and the nice things, again, what message do you think that he was sending to your mom? Um,
2: I think he was giving her the finger. I mean, honestly, um, I think now they broke up in a very bad way. And uh, I never knew about this when I was younger, obviously, but there was some cheating and infidelity. There was some serious bad feelings in there that I didn't, I didn't understand or know about at the time. Yeah, I've had lots of um, opportunities to look back. I mean, I got divorced. I have a daughter. I've paid child support. I've paid it like a clock. Um, I've always supported daughter i've visited my daughter i've uh bought her things and haven't taken them out of the child support or anything there hasn't been return trips to court um i think the result of it is when that that marriage failed i did all the things i thought my dad should have done and i think i went over and above in that space um often paying i still pay for things and she's now she's she's over 18. I don't have any legal responsibility to pay for anything as of today and I'll still cover things. Sure. Still slide money here and there to to take care of her. So that's what I think I came out of that with. What other lessons have you taken away? Think about
0: what
3: your dad did the way he treated money. He had the situation
2: where so it's kind of a mirror of my situation with Lisa in the sense that the you know I, I haven't thought about this, but it's the same thing that we're doing, unfortunately. I never thought about it. But um he went and made the money and always made more money and always made more money and always made more money. I mean, he had four hundred thousand dollar years in the eighties and nineties. Um and the the two wives. He had well, step moms. I had Both of them were responsible for the spending and the paying of the bills and the spending of that money. And, um, and he just delivered the, delivered the bag of money to the table. And then he went back out and made more of it. And I think that's probably why I think the way I do about this stuff now that
0: I'm thinking about it. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. What does it make you think as you make that
2: connection for the first time? Uh, I honestly don't know. It's I haven't really thought about it before. I, I had not really, uh, really had never really thought about it before. It's the same thing. It's like, I like the cars. I like the uh, money. The only key difference is I make sure that the people around me don't suffer. And I don't like the responsibility of managing the money. So, out of curiosity, if they don't suffer, then why did Lisa ask to speak to me? because she's suffering. So I'm doing something
0: wrong. So, Can you rephrase that again for me? This time, let's make it accurate. Uh, she's... I do the same things as
2: he did. The only difference is... I'm doing the same things he did. The only difference is now I'm placing the burden of managing my finances on Lisa and I'm giving her no support in that space so I'm making her suffer any difference from what he did probably not if I really think about it probably not
0: I appreciate you being honest yeah can't be easy especially recognizing it for the first time certainly never thought about that even in that example you can see how Jeff used a variety of techniques to avoid confronting the real lesson And that lesson is that he's doing exactly what his dad did. He circled around the point. He admitted to parts of his culpability, but not to all of it. And he spun around using all these clever phrases like, I'm doing the same thing my dad did. But the only difference is, I'm not making the people around me suffer. When Lisa is very obviously suffering. Jeff plays a lot of games. It's easy to admit to the knucklehead stuff like buying a $150 pair of shoes, but that's just on the surface. Jeff is comfortable on the surface. He talks and jokes, and he goes in circles. I'm sure it's charming to the people around him, but I'm not really entertained by this. If you boil down what he just said into plain English, he's lying to Lisa. He's avoiding talking about it, and he's doing the same thing his dad did while hurting Lisa in the process. That is not okay
1: that makes a lot of sense. Um, I have seen his you know the correlation of his attitude with money that he can always make more and connect that to to the way his father handled money um, and I've heard stories about his stepmoms, but I also never really can I think they were a lot and he gave me the credit that they were a lot more irresponsible with money and that He's fortunate in that I'm not irresponsible with it. So that's certainly a key difference. Um, but I also had not really put those together.
3: Mm-hmm. And so hearing that, what does it make you feel?
1: It's a little bit negative because.
0: Can you I, give me a different word? Negative, like what? Use a word so I can understand it.
1: I. I feel bad. I f- I feel bad for what he endured
3: growing up. I f- I feel bad that he's just made that
1: connection right at this moment. So the words and I, there's there's some. It's a very strong word, but there's some financial infidelity in there clearly, and um, so. It also makes me feel uncomfortable and scared a little bit. I've dealt with financial infidelity in my past. And, and so some of my concern and my reaching out is because I want to fix it here.
0: We made some pretty good progress reverse engineering Jeff's money mindsets. But if you caught that, I asked Lisa how she felt about this And her response was to tell me how bad she feels for Jeff. Another clear pattern here. Lisa is taking on more than just the basic money management day to day. She's taking on a whole nother burden. It's much deeper than that. What was money like for you growing up?
1: Uh, I don't remember hearing my parents talk about money. I can tell you from experience when my dad was worried about money. Because he he would drink and stay up all night and play super loud music and just sort of isolate. And my I take after my mom in that I won't confront things. I won't, you know, I don't want to talk negatively about situations or people or things. And so because because it will hurt people's feelings. It will cause confrontation and that would result
3: in discomfort for me? No. For her? For them. For them. You don't want to cause discomfort for them. You
0: don't care if you're dis- if you're uncomfortable, you take on the discomfort, don't you?
1: Yes. Yes. So actually that's pretty accurate in how I've actually feeling throughout this call is that I can feel Jeff's discomfort. This, these feel like really uncomfortable conversations for him. You calling him out, him having this realization. I can feel his discomfort and I don't like it. This has happened
0: twice now. I've asked you, how do you feel about this? And do you know what your response has been? I start talking about his feelings. Correct. I'm not interested in how you feel about him
3: mm-hmm. as
0: much as how you feel. Some people take on the burden of others so much that they lose themselves in the process. Does Lisa even know what she really wants anymore? If she doesn't know what she wants, then how can she expect to be clear about what she wants with money, what she wants in a relationship, how she wants the two of them to build a rich life together? Listen to this. What are you getting out of this? If Jeff is being extremely assert, as you call it, assertive, he called it aggressive, he's getting...
3: Control over what he wants, and Lisa, if you quote stew, what do you get out of that? I get nothing. I no, you get something. <laughs> think, think really hard. Think back to your mom. What would she teach you
1: to keep the peace.
3: Mm-hmm. So when you
0: stew,
1: oh, I'm keeping. The, I'm I'm not. Just keeping the peace. And yeah. keeping the discomfort with, with me and not allowing anyone else to
3: feel discomfort. That's right. You get to feel angry, disappointed,
0: frustrated, whatever it may be. In some ways, you may even start to thrive on those feelings. You may even feel righteous about, it. "Oh my gosh, why doesn't anyone else understand this?" But
3: the one thing you won't do is what
1: can confront the other person make them feel give them the discomfort
0: yeah can i can i use a different phrase yes. share your feelings with them
1: yes yes that's very accurate yes
0: you don't have to confront confront is a very loaded term it suggests you're going to go up there and you know oh my fists are balled up and i'm just going to i'm going to tell him how i feel no sometimes we can just share our feelings you two yeah. share anything positive? You, you ever have a great day at work or something good uh, happens? You go, Oh my God, what? I got to tell you, this awesome thing happened. You ever do that?
1: Yes. But so, and uh, this is one of us does really, really wow. interesting because this is I, such
0: an interesting reaction. Oh my God. <laughs> Can I just tell you what I just observed here? I go, I ask a very simple question You two ever talk about anything fun, anything nice? And I see Jeff's face light up. He goes, one of us does. I assume he's talking about himself. And then Lisa goes, yes, but... And she already starts to qualify. I don't even know what she's going to say. What is this?
3: Yeah.
1: But this is already... This is a problem I'm working on separate from our finances in that I am trying to be better about sharing. Like, I, I can't even express what I want. I have so much trouble just telling even my husband, I want this.
0: Okay. Uh, first of all, it's not separate from your finances. I it know. Is inextricably tied.
1: Which is why I came to you, Ruby. I know that you can help me put it all together.
0: Well, we're doing it together right now. So yes. Let's, let's keep going. Are you talking to other people getting some help for this? That's no. pretty deep seated issue. Uh,
1: maybe once.
0: How about, how about after this, you know, I suggest that the two of you separately Go talk to a therapist. I think that would be really valuable for you. Okay. There are a lot of deep issues here. What really made me recommend therapy, especially individual therapy, is Lisa's inability to ask for what she wants and Jeff's techniques that take specific advantage of that vulnerability. This is really unhealthy. And a therapist would be able to work with her and perhaps them over a long period of time to untangle these issues. As a reminder, one of my goals is to destigmatize getting help whether it's from buying a book or hiring a coach or of course seeing a therapist
3: can we refresh and reframe the way you talk
2: about money yeah we should i I, I don't know why I have a problem with it I honestly don't um you don't I do okay why please tell me because I, I have a tough time with this I don't I have a hard time i Claiming what she has earned in her lifetime as mine. Though I don't have a problem sharing mine with her. In the deepest of my soul, I don't have any problem. You don't have a problem with it until you want something.
0: That's a problem. Okay. Let's get honest about the problems, first of all. You can't present yourself to yourself as this virtuous soul who then hides purchases. True. Okay. Lisa can you reconcile wanting to be in control but also wanting your partner to be involved? If you two are in the car, one of you is driving. One of you is in (laughs) control. You're not sharing the steering wheel. Yeah. So do you think it's possible for you to be in control but for Jeff to be involved in the money?
1: Yes. I can be in control and he can be involved and it would take some of the burden off of me to feel completely responsible for it so that I know whatever decision we've made, we've made it together and good or bad, we made it together and it's less pressure on me to
3: make it work. That's what
0: you want. You want less pressure. You want to share the responsibility. Am I hearing you right? Yes. This is really starting to take the dynamic that you have created grooves around and change it. And I think the beautiful part is you can change it to whatever you want. Mm -hmm. It's kind of fascinating to watch as the two of you come to some of these deep realizations. And I just love watching the dumbstruck look on your face. (laughs) I love it because it tells me you're really digesting this. Now, this stuff is deep. What do you call someone who speaks three languages? Trilingual. What do you call someone who speaks two? Bilingual. And what do you call someone who speaks one language? American. (laughs) Listen, imagine you're going to Mexico or Italy or Thailand this year. Wouldn't it be amazing to at least ask where the bathroom is in the local language? Or to say thank you when you're walking out of a restaurant? This fall, you can start speaking a new language with Babbel. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Here's a special limited time deal for IWT listeners to help you get started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription only for IWT listeners at babbel.com slash ramit. Get 55% off babbel.com slash ramit. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash ramit. Rules and restrictions may apply. If you are a business owner, listen up. As your business starts to grow, you and I both know what happens. Those things that you used to do manually start to break. They start to take up all your time and you decide, I'm going to look for some automation. The things you used to do take a week, but how do you automate these things? Well, if this is you and you are in charge of your business, there are three numbers you should know. 36,000, 25, and 1. 36,000, that's the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle, NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system. It streamlines accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. You can manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. It's everything you need all in one place. And as you know, I like to see all my numbers in one place. That's exactly what NetSuite can help you do. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at iwt.com slash NetSuite. That's iwt.com slash NetSuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E to get your own KPI checklist. iwt.com. Slash NetSuite. Jeff and Lisa both had a totally dumbstruck look on their face. No more jokes. No more spinning. They're really starting to grasp how complex their communication challenges are and how deep these issues go. They need to get more help. What I want to do now is turn back to their settlement and work through the numbers. These numbers quickly become very surprising. Chet. Your friendly neighborhood financial advisor comes in and tells you, I can help you. We have a sophisticated algorithm and blah, blah. I have all my partners at work. We constantly monitor the market, some bullshit. And you go, okay, cool. You sent him what, 500000 Yeah. Okay. And he told you, I saw the PDF you sent me. He took his fee schedule, which yeah. by the way is... Fucking hilarious! Crazy, yeah. It's start, just so everybody knows. I'm looking at this fee schedule. The assets zero to four hundred thousand have a one point seven five percent on the first four hundred thousand dollars. That is absolute, really. That's outrageous. Next, from four hundred to seven hundred fifty k, one point two five. Let me explain what's going on here. The firm makes money by charging investors a percentage of their portfolio. The more you invest with them, the lower their fees. For example, between 0 to $400,000, they charge 1.75%. That is astronomical, absurd. That is ridiculous. For comparison, that's like charging you $500 for a bag of popcorn. Even paying 1% AUM is outrageous. 1.75% is truly ripping you off. I'm going to show you why. What a nice decreasing ladder, you fucks. And then 750 to a million is 1%. And then from 10 million to 25 million is 0.5%. First of all, I love the audacity. I don't love them. Actually, I think that, you know, I'll meet them in hell. But I love the audacity that actually takes something that is totally screwing mom and pop and actually makes them think they are getting a favor out of it. You know what? As your money grows, we're actually going to charge you less. So we have our incentives totally aligned. We just want to help you grow your money and keep it safe. And as you make money, we make a little money. Fuck off. So on this page, page one, Chet wrote 0.9% family rate. That's another way of saying, I'm totally screwing you, but I'm going to make you think that it's doing you a favor. Just so everybody knows how these financial advisors work. So I looked at the investments that this person put you in. They're dog shit, okay? One of the funds, you don't even know this, but one of the funds that you're in for $13,000 has a 1% fee on it. So not only is your advisor making money with your 0.9% family rate, but he's also getting a cut through some of the investments that he's putting you in. That's how Wall Street makes tons of money off Ma and Pa. Ma and Pa don't want to read, I will teach you to be rich for a weekend and learn how to do this themselves. So they get taken to the cleaners. Now, shall we go over and just look at how some of these numbers add up? Lisa, you log into your apps every day. You're tracking these unknown $150 purchases. Sometimes you tell your family, we can't go out to eat at a restaurant because money is tight. If you put a million dollars with this
3: guy, And let's just say it's 0.9% for your family rate. Over 25 years, how much
0: do you think you will pay in fees total?
1: I don't know. If you gave me five minutes, I could probably try no, to guess. run a calculation. Just guess. <clears throat> um, $50,000.
0: Okay. That's a good guess. So you think $50,000 in fees for over the next 25 years total? in exchange for this person who I'm calling Chet to manage your money?
1: Okay. I, may, I would up it a, a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah. What, what do you know. want to up it to? 75, 100. Okay, 100. It even oh. 100.
0: Cool. 100K for 25 years of work. Okay. And if you found out that were true, how would you feel about it? I'd be pissed.
1: Well, I would want to see it against the returns and then maybe I'd feel better about it. But 100K is a lot. It's over 25 years. If you're right. It's over 25 years. So what do you think about that? And if he takes it from the million to six, then what's a hundred, you know, not to be disrespectful, but a hundred K to quadruple it or, or whatever. Okay. Seems that w- that would
0: average out to be about 4,000 per year.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Would you like me to tell you what the number really is? Yes. Because I don't know, it's about a million dollars. It's like forty thousand a year in fees. Did you know you paid forty thousand this year? You just don't know it yet. It's going to come out on the back end.
1: Oh, is it more? Because I've already, (laughs) yes, I've seen the forty thousand not there anymore. Well,
0: that's that's because of the market. (laughs) But I know, I know, I know. Forty thousand dollars in fees this year. Yeah, let me explain what I mean by that. So. A million dollars over twenty-five years is how much you'll pay this advisor. Now, if you divide that a million over twenty, it's actually forty thousand dollars average
2: per year. So, is that, I don't mean to cut you off. Is that straight fees, or is that the loss I take on the money coming out of the investment in the first place?
0: There's That's no, no difference. straight fees. What, is, what, do you, what does that mean? Both oh, of you asked the same question.
2: You're not figuring in that if I'd left the if I'd left the $40,000 in the market, it would have grown. It's straight fees. It's like that $40,000 I I'm paying. I'm, I'm really just surprised by the number that it's that, but 1% is $40,000 a year in fees for 25 years. That's yeah. You know, well, Jeff, this is why I, I want to you down to... with the calculator and figure it out now.
0: No, what you need to do is read my book, not peruse it. Cause I cover okay. this in my book. I will. All right. Chapter six. I absolutely. Well, right. six. This why this fucking book is 10 bucks. I, we have it. Yes. Have I know you copies. have it. It's right there. Okay. I love it. Here's the, this is why I'm never afraid to promote my own material. Cause I'll yeah. save you a million dollars for the price of a $10 book and my rich life system. Yeah. No, I, I'm going to sell that all day. Okay. Yeah. I want you to take control of your money. Now, whether you need the help of a financial advisor, who's going to charge you an hourly fee, that's fine. Whether you want to do it on your own, you want to get help from rich life system, whatever you choose, but right now, what you've got is costing you more than you can even imagine. Yeah. Now, Dude. if you want to have a little fun, you can text this guy. You can say, hey, by the way, how do you charge us? I'm really curious. Can you explain the fee structure again? And then his, his intent are going to go up because go, oh, shit. Did they read that book? I will teach you be rich.
2: You ever had anybody call uh, their financial advisor and fire him live on the podcast? Let's do it. <laughs> That'll be my fantasy. Jesus. A million dollars.
1: So, a million dollars is the sum of the fees. It's not the fee plus the loss of the return. What? <laughs> so, like, if I'm paying him the four thousand dollars that that a year, that four thousand isn't going into an investment where it's going to create a return.
0: Does that make sense? It's going into Chet's fucking pocket. OK. Yeah. okay. That's why Chet drives a BMW. And it is a loss. But it's your loss. Yeah. That's a million dollars that could be in your pocket. Now think about it. What are the things that you focus on when it comes to your money? You're tracking shoes, you're tracking eating out. Are you tracking groceries?
1: Uh yes. You're, you're tracking
0: these things. And you probably should. You know, it's good to keep your eye on the ball. Yeah. But if you keep your money here, and if you were to put just a million dollars in this account, just for simplicity. Yeah. Over 25 years, you would pay out roughly a million dollars in fees and you would never even know it.
1: Yeah. I didn't know about this 1% on the, yeah. It's outrageous. I, it's- I knew it.
2: Wait, I knew about it. I didn't think it sounded this big. Like that's why I'm really surprised by the finances, is because I looked at it and I went 1% to manage our money and be smart and grow it. And I thought and I was buying into the oh, sales pitch. look at him niche.
1: rub his head. Look at him rub I, his I,
2: head. I'm in the same boat. I want to, I'm want rubbing my head five minutes ago. I'm it's, like, not, it's
0: not someone who's mowing your lawn for a hundred bucks. It's not I that. Hear I hear you. 1% is, let me explain why 1% got that reaction from you. It's not an accident. Every ma and pa in America says the exact damn same thing. Why? It's been field tested and engineered to get exactly that reaction. 1%. And I have a whole team that's looking out for me. And if something goes wrong, I have one person I can call with questions. And then every quarter they send me my financial update and they walk me through, fuck off. That's the reason they position it like that. You're a sales guy. You know, that's why they did it. And they get that reaction. And there's only a few people who actually tell you what's really going on. Now, if you were to go, hey, it's actually worth $100 to pay somebody to mow my lawn or change my oil. I got no problem with it. In fact, you want to pay a premium provider 500 bucks? God bless. But 100% of the time when I show people the numbers, excuse me, not 100%, 99% of the time, I show people the numbers, they had no clue
3: whatsoever. Yeah. So, Lisa, hearing this, how do you feel? Uh, Kind of grossed out,
1: like, I want to move it. I, I want to move it. Where Where do I put it? We'll talk me, about that. But stick let with me control it. it. <laughs> yeah, that's that <laughs> oh, is funny sorry. though.
0: You you love control, but you delegated control of the most expensive thing in your life. Why is that?
1: Um. Yeah. So the concept of having that check written to me, I I really had I have no idea. Like it it was. A crazy experience. I and just, I mean, I think like you're saying, I did not know what to do with it. So it seems to make sense that this provider has been helping my family member, and so he's the professional. He's
0: he's been ripping your mom off too.
1: Yeah, it makes me upset.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, how how am I, I going to convince her to get out of there?
0: That's a whole different. You're probably not tell you yeah. the truth. Yeah. Here's the thing: I have no problem. If you wanted to hire a financial advisor who charges an hourly fee or a flat fee, a project fee, I don't even mind if they're a premium advisor. They charge a lot. I've hired a financial advisor myself to do a second set of eyes on my portfolio because everybody needs somebody to help them out once in a while. Okay. But I paid an hourly fee. I was happy to pay. I paid full rate and it was good. If you truly want somebody to help set this up for you, you could go out and find a fee only planner. Okay. You do not want to pay someone who's charging you a percentage, full stop. There are no exceptions. Okay. Or you can manage it yourself. Mm -hmm. I talk about how to do it in the Rich Life System program that I launched Mm -hmm. step by step, how to set up your allocation. And most of this is pretty simple stuff. You have Mm -hmm. a pretty straightforward, you know, time horizon, et cetera. But you do have some complications in terms of legal issues, which I want to talk about in a second. Mm -hmm. But looking at your portfolio that he set you up in, I mean, you could basically do the same thing with a single target date fund.
1: So that's and that's kind of what I was thinking. So even like the first fee I could see was 450 and I was. I've kind of been interested as the months have gone on. I really want to dig into it and see what what's going on. And after reading your book and having... It, it seems like I could probably do the same thing.
0: Uh, you could definitely do the same thing. You actually get better results. You know mm-hmm. why?
1: Mm-hmm. It's all
0: about costs. Mm-hmm. So in investing, there's no secret guy, particularly not this jackass Chet, who has some secret access to investments. Mm-hmm. Okay it's all about costs. Mm -hmm. Now, when you go, you eat sushi, if you pay like 300 bucks for your omakase, you're going to get better sushi, most Mm -hmm. likely. You're going to get better service. You're going to get cool stoneware at your table. But in investing, it's not like that. You want to manage the costs carefully because those costs are zero-sum. They're either coming out of your pocket or somebody else's. Mm -hmm. It's usually yours. So... (laughs) You want to minimize those costs and keep as much of your money as possible, particularly on a percentage basis, and especially when you have a large net worth like yours.:
2: Yeah. right One percent is a huge amount. That is like the one question I asked in the first meeting we had with them, is, how do you charge us? How much money do you make? And I tried to get. And he explained it. And I feel so stupid, especially now sitting back this far, hearing it's $40,000 because it didn't sound like $40,000 when I was sitting there talking to him. It didn't sound like a million dollars when I was talking to
0: him. What a surprise. It sounded like nothing. <laughs> it's because, as you know, well, why do you think so? It's that sales pitch has been engineered. It's sales pitch. Yeah. yeah. It's so it's the same thing when yeah. you go into a car dealership and they talk about the monthly payment and actually, you're actually going to make money buying this car. And I've seen it. There's some guys on YouTube, you know, they show how these car sales guys do it. And it sounds really good unless you know a couple of key things that they neglect or skew. That's the same thing here. It's just multiplied by a lot of money. Okay. By the way, that does not assume you add any more money to your investments. You two make pretty good money. If you were to add $10,000 a year, $20,000 a year, the amount you would lose in fees is way more. You actually can't even fathom it. We're just paying our fees by adding money. Let me let me just do that calculation for you real quick. How much would you say you might add on average year to your portfolio?
1: I'd like to get at least another twelve grand a year in there.
0: All right. So uh, if you were to add twelve thousand dollars per year, you would pay roughly eighty thousand additional dollars in fees over those twenty five years. Twenty five years only. The longer it goes the more you pay because it's 1% compounded on a larger amount.
2: So the first seven years, is just fees.
0: It's kind of like a mortgage. Yep. All right. So I think you get the point.
2: I don't want to beat a dead horse here. Get out of this guy's thing. So you said legal ramifications. So if we shit can the guy, do we get sued? I mean, like, what do you mean by legal? No, here's
0: what you need to know. Lisa, I want to talk to you about this. So you yeah. got this settlement. It came to you.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: This is your second marriage, correct? Yes. Have you two discussed a post snub? No. No. Okay. I think you should. I think you should talk to a lawyer. I think you both should. And it is a second marriage. And you can have the money be used for both of you. However, in the case of a separation, Lisa, I think that should be your money. And you can even clarify what happens if you do get separated. You know, you've probably known people who have done prenups. This is a huge life-changing amount of money at the very least, you should have a conversation with a lawyer. Fair enough?
1: Fair enough.
0: Okay. I say that as somebody who signed a prenup with my wife. And it was it's actually the origin of this podcast because our conversations were so difficult when we had that. that I was like, how the hell are other people talking about money? And so when I hear somebody on a second marriage in their 40s who has a seven-figure settlement, $1.2 million, I go, In the worst case, that this marriage does not succeed, you need to protect yourself. And of course, you two need to come to an arrangement together.
3: Mm -hmm. Cool? Cool. Okay.
0: All right. That's really important. That's going to be uh, some of your homework, Lisa. And Jeff, I would encourage you separately to speak with an attorney on your own as well. You will need to if you go forward with that. All right. Uh, So right now, we've already saved you a million dollars on this call. That's pretty good. We found it in the couch cushions. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think they got the message about this financial advisor. What should they do now with the money itself and with this context that they're wealthy, that something has changed in their life and they should probably acknowledge it?
1: We never got your answer on what you would do with A $1.275 million settlement? Great question. Thank you.
0: I would sign a post-nup. Okay. That would be the first thing I would do. In that post-nup, I would agree on terms. And that Mm -hmm. would be, look, hey, I I want to take part of the money that was uh, created for the IRS payoff. Working with Jeff, I want to pay that off immediately. From this. That's what it was designated for. Let's do that. I want to take my 25K or whatever it is. I want to pay that off. I want to put this money in an account. I want to invest it and I want to keep it separate. Right. Um, And then I want to have some money that could be designated jointly. And that should be a discussion between the two of you. Now, if the marriage, uh, if you two separate, you discuss terms with your attorney on what happens. But second marriage, Huge windfall. These are things that's a no brainer. That's the first thing I would do. Next, I would uh, get rid of this financial advisor and I would put that money. I would join the rich life system. I would work through it together each week, the two of you going through the program together and coming with an agenda and saying, Oh my gosh, I learned this. What did he mean by that? Oh, we should do this exercise together. Wow, let's try that tool that's in the fourth playbook and put our investment money and see where could we simulate it to work. That would be a way to come together. And then personally, if I were you, I would start it off on my own. I would go slow. You're in no rush. I would start to dollar cost average money in. And if at a certain point we go, ah, numbers are getting pretty big. I'm getting a little nervous. I might hire a financial advisor for a few hours and just be like, hey, can you look over our stuff? Are we on the right track? Great. Next. I would take a look at your conscious spending plan. I noticed that the incomes you're paying yourselves, like you're losing money every yeah. month. It's not quite working right.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I, I would rationalize those numbers and start getting more honest. You have to pay yourself enough in your own business that you too can afford to eat and you know just the basic stuff. Right. That's what I would do. Now, because of this settlement, it's possible that you might ease off of some of your long-term investments. It's possible. I'm not saying you have to. It would obviously be smart to keep aggressively contributing, particularly because, Jeff, you're 49. So you really want to be investing aggressively. But you've also bought yourself a little breathing room. What we learned is that most people focus on $3 questions and ignore the $30,000 questions. Or in Jeff and Lisa's situation, the $1 million questions. It's much easier to log into apps and track your target spending than to learn how investment fees work and realize you're being ripped off for over a million dollars. This is the point of my book and all of my programs. To show you the actual things you should focus on, whether you're managing your money, starting a business, or finding a dream job, and to ignore the tiny questions that don't mean anything anyway. You do not want to be 89 years old and look back on your life and see that you logged into your Wells Fargo app 46,000 times. Actually, if you're 89 and still using Wells Fargo, just look upwards, ask the Lord to take you away. You're done. You took a wrong turn somewhere in life. Your time on this planet is over. Lisa and Jeff are going to plug their numbers into the conscious spending plan and be blown away with what they can do. They have an extra million dollars. By the way, if you want to get your own conscious spending plan, go to iWt.com slash episode 52. As for Jeff and Lisa, my question for them now is: what can they do to start talking about money in a more healthy way? For the two of you, you have a lot of stuff to do to just simplify your finances. Mm-hmm. So what what are you going to save? You know, if you actually calculate it out. What are you going to quote lose from paying it off early what what are we talking about like a few thousand bucks
1: less than i'm paying my financial planner
0: yeah for sure like (laughs) you already saved a million bucks in like an hour a couple hours here yeah so in in my suggestion i was looking over your finances and i go there's too much complication here like it's way too complicated Mm -hmm. so i like the idea of prioritizing simplicity Now, sometimes you might lose a little, you know, technically you could probably save a few thousand bucks depending on the interest rate, whatever, but like, what do you care? You're millionaires. So I actually love the idea of the two of you having a very simple financial system that you can deeply understand in order to change. If you guys really want to live a rich life you have to start thinking and acting with money totally differently. That's why we've spent the majority of this call talking about the way that you think about money, the way that you talk about money. And so it would be a tragedy, in my opinion, for us to finish this call and you learned a couple of cool things and how to have better conversations, but you go right back to thinking about money and acting with money like you used to. That actually did not get you the kind of results you wanted.
1: Yeah. Okay. And I want it, it's, it needs to be a new day. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. The
0: symbolism is so important. Yeah. Closing accounts, that aren't serving you anymore. Creating this breakfast routine the first Saturday of every month, paying off past things. This is how I would do it because symbolism really matters with money.
1: Mm -hmm. And that,
0: okay. You should not be fighting and hiding money. And in order for that to happen, I would have a series of conversations together. What do you need to feel good about money? You, You wanna have 300 bucks a month for just your own spending, no questions asked? Cool, let's make that happen. 300 400 let's figure out the numbers and i would set up a structure that brings out the best for both of you rather than that brings out the worst
1: that makes sense i think i could do that i i want to do that
2: yeah i can do that how do
1: you feel about that do you want do you want to do that with me
2: it's certainly better than what i've been doing so yes i do want to do that
1: i would really love it if you would do that with me
2: yeah
0: that's awesome that's what i'm i was hoping to hear I really enjoyed speaking with Jeff and Lisa. You know, after listening to this episode, it would be easy to label Jeff as the villain. I think the story is more complicated than that. The truth is that we all have invisible scripts around money, often created in childhood, and they guide our behavior today, decades later. Jeff came on the show. He didn't avoid it. How many of us can say that we have taken a step like that? I received follow-up letters from both of them. To read the full letters, you can go to iwt.com slash follow-ups. Here's what Jeff wrote. In the days since the call with you, I needed a lot of thinking to process the experience and the feelings it created. I was cold and angry after the call, mostly angry at myself, angry at the truths about where I put her and us, angry That I did not take the time to fully understand what I was getting into coming on your podcast. So I set myself up for pitfalls that would be obvious and avoidable to a regular listener. I was angry how I came out 100% on the side of wrong, regardless of all the rights I think I bring to our life together. It was self centered thinking. After a few days, I think I worked through it. Regardless of how I felt about the experience with the show, right is right. And I owed her far more support than she was getting. I committed to move ahead with what we'd agreed to on the show. I committed to help her however she felt help was needed. I love her. I value her. I don't want her to feel otherwise. Saturday morning, I reminded her of our Saturday meeting, hoping to show her that I cared about keeping the appointment. We kept that meeting. We stayed focused and productive. Neither one letter followed. It was an equal dialogue. In her mind, this meeting was definitely a milestone. And she expressed that she was very happy about this. I was too. I enjoyed the conversation and the sharing. My previous beliefs about financial conversations often turning contentious were proven wrong. And I think that we can have normal, even-keeled conversations about finances. I really appreciate Jeff's candor here. These conversations are not easy, especially at first. And I'm happy to hear that he worked through those emotions to create the beginning of a positive change in that relationship. This is quite remarkable. What's even more remarkable is Lisa's letter, which I want you to read. You can get it at iwt.com slash follow-ups. Thanks for listening to I Will Teach You To Be Rich. I'm Ramit Sethi. Please follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't read I Will Teach You To Be Rich, my book pick up a copy. You can get it at any bookstore or any library, and it will show you the specific tactics for how to build the I will teach you to be rich system
3: into your personal finances.